Man, what an episode I have for you today. I invited Michael. Michael is an owner of the park, which is the co-working space I rent an office from. And I just knew that he is a very powerful entrepreneur. But just before he actually came to my podcast, I started researching what he actually does. And it turned out that he owns or founded 15 companies. This episode is priceless for anybody who is trying to develop the business, especially in Sweden, and also for people who came to Sweden as an immigrants, as foreigners just like me, and they are trying to do something awesome in this country. We talk a lot about that. I have so many great lessons that I took away from this podcast, so tune in, focus, and listen to that. But before you do, let me thank our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Mediabro. Whether you need a marketing strategy, absolutely stunning branding design, like a new logo, kick-ass website that will impress all your customers, social media design, content and advertisement, including creating videos and pictures for your brand's needs to attract new clients and spread your offer. We are based in Stockholm, and all you need to do is to go to mediabro.se, spelled M-E-D-I-A-B-R-O dot S-E, and contact us in any form that suits you. Remember, new customers are not going to find you until you show up and make them see how awesome you are. So tell me a little bit about your uh, blog. Uh, it's not Or, or uh, podcast. So basically I'm stri- I'm struggling for two years mm-hmm. um, with business in Sweden mm-hmm. because stupidly enough in the beginning I decided not to look for the job but to to find my way through as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and more or less I wasn't very successful with that and right now I decided to open this podcast and also YouTube channel mm-hmm. as a tool to invite interesting and smart mm-hmm. people like you to help me with my situation and my business. Mm-hmm. Great. And it might also help some somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, mostly targeted to people. I call it call them entrepreneurial expats. Mm-hmm. So so anybody uh and the entrepreneurs that are traveling the world, changing the place, just like I did. Wonderful. And you are a <laughs> great piece of guest for the for the interview. Today I was trying to look up some information about you and I found that you uh, founded or you are part of 15 companies. That uh, could be true. Do you keep <laughs> counting, or <laughs> you, you're just you're just doing? And I think I'm uh, mainly just uh, doing it and uh, uh, initiate projects or hang out with people that starts a project, and uh, all of a sudden you end up with a portfolio. And if uh-huh. you're lucky, there starts to be some synergies in between those uh, companies. Yeah. Okay. So first things first, uh, you're Michael, but please tell me how sh- I should pronounce your full name. 
Well, it's Michael Alström, but mm -hmm. everyone calls me Mikke, so okay. that's uh, fine. That's great. <laughs> and just shortly, who you are and how did you end up in having all these ventures around you? Well, I think I'm an entrepreneur at heart, uh, mm -hmm. pretty much. I really love uh, the idea of uh, uh, taking ideas into concepts in different ways and see how they mm -hmm. take new turns and twist and bend when they meet the target groups and uh, users uh, in order to spin in different directions. And uh, so I've been... Uh, born and raised here in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, mm -hmm. uh, and um, uh, traveled a lot around the world and got uh, inspired from uh, different behaviors and different things that I've seen and taken pieces with me and matched it towards uh, the consumer patterns we have here and, uh, and uh, people I meet and... Uh, Sometimes it just sparks ideas in conversations and uh, I take them to new places. So um, uh, came from a marketing uh, perspective mm -hmm. pretty much. I studied at Berg School of Communication here in Stockholm. And um, what, what, what is that? It's uh, one of the biggest kind of marketing schools, I would say. So it was, it was your first company? Uh, no, started? that was actually where I studied. So I, studied I didn't. There. I haven't uh -huh. started everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's uh, that's where I studied. I misunderstood. I'm sorry. No, but uh, but um, so so I have kind of my background in uh, marketing, but marketing turned quickly into digital marketing, and through that mm -hmm. I started my first uh, web agency many years ago, and uh, from there it. Uh, became obvious that uh, marketing was no longer pushed media but more pulled and viral and uh, mm -hmm. we we transformed into kind of a viral uh, marketing agency and I bought a small company in Uppsala north of uh, mm. Stockholm and that was one of the number one companies on widgets as it was called back then mm -hmm. and uh, we became a, a, a viral uh, viral uh, campaign digital agency but we were that for like 15-20 minutes before social media came <laughs> and we turned into more of a, a social media agency mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. with social media it became also clear that we worked more and more with uh, uh, functions and tests and uh, features uh, that would uh, spread uh, uh, viral and therefore we turn more into some sort of a, a service design agency uh, creating all of those kind of functions mm -hmm. but with that we realized that our customer went more from uh, the marketing management and into the ceo because it was all parts of the company that needed these uh, services and not just uh, uh, marketing and uh, after a while we realized doing these kind of functions and features and apps and everything it became more important uh, what app you produced for what reason and uh, we started to move more into strategy and mm -hmm. uh, uh, digital media strategy working with those to do less and earn more exactly <laughs> <laughs> and right now we're more into also transformation working with large mm -hmm. corporations on how to transform their 
companies into um, being more successful in the more digitalized world. And all of a sudden, uh, the pieces of my little ecosystem starts to come together since in, in my digital agency, Brittany, I work with these big uh, companies, uh, borrowing a lot of uh, the methods from mm -hmm. uh, the startups. Uh, from uh, since I've also been part in Sub46 mm -hmm. and, and using the agile methods, the way they fund themselves, the way they organize themselves, marketing, everything. But uh, also in order to produce the products, uh, we work a lot with uh, the entrepreneurs at uh, the park. Mm -hmm. So uh, here we have a network of... Uh, more than 500 people from more than 200 companies. Mm -hmm. uh, so altogether, a fantastic uh, strength in uh, production and capabilities of actually taking strategies into uh, into the, the real live uh, launched. So how come I never worked with you yet? Well, we should uh, we should uh, start. We've been <laughs> yeah. talking about uh, some potential projects, but. Uh, uh, you should you right. should uh, talk to my project managers. They are closest to uh, production. Mm -hmm. But right now we are drifting away a little bit. I want you to bring us to these first moments, because in the beginning it was just you. Now you are talking yeah. as we. It's, yes. it's large thing around you. But in the beginning it was just you. And how did how did it happen that it grew so much and so successfully? Well, I was, uh, I, I had had a pause in my entrepreneurial era uh, from 96 to 2001 when I mm -hmm. had a digital agency before that that I started already in 1994, really early. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, we were bought by Icon Media Lab, a a uh, big uh, digital agency or not at the time big agency we started when i was when uh, i joined them when they were 17 uh, people and in 4 years we became 3000 in mm -hmm. 22 countries uh, wow. all over the world so it was a, a magnificent era uh, on the way up and on the way down in the dot com uh -huh. boom and crash uh, so uh, when Icon Media Lab went bankrupt here in Stockholm, uh, it was uh, kind of uh, depressing in one way, but it was also like an entrepreneurial explosion mm -hmm. because all of a sudden we stood there with all of our insights and learnings and uh, network and uh, new capabilities and projects running. So very quickly I started together with uh, some of my friends there, uh, a digital agency, just three people. Mm -hmm. And um, we needed somewhere to uh, sit. So uh, I found a really nice place at Sveavägen, mm -hmm. but it was uh, connected with an internal staircase, uh, the, the floor that we wanted. So I had to take both floors, which I couldn't afford, so I had to mm -hmm bring in some more partners and friends and colleagues and stuff like that. So how old were you then? Uh, at that time, I was uh, pushing uh, 30, but I started my first uh, digital agency, I think, at 22 or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, because when I'm thinking, okay, you wanted the office, you liked some spot, 
but it wasn't available. You had to rent two floors. And I mean, like, how big balls do you have that you just like, <laughs> okay, let's do it and let's find some other people. And and suddenly you end up with the, the whole co-working spaces with two localizations and the big company, 500 people network. Yeah, and we're pushing a thousand people this uh, spring, opening up our yeah, third. I heard about so that. it's uh, really uh, testing uh, the guts all the time and uh, <laughs> trying to trying to uh, maneuver in this. But I think I really love a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I see it, I really want to find the ways to make it happen and I bring people or from the network around me into um, to to just doing it and 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 um, uh, finding ways to get things uh, uh, launched okay learning by launching step how, by step how often do you fail though a lot of times most of the times I would say actually and I think mm -hmm. that's where the learnings uh, come up but never felt so hard to get burned out and uh, no but uh, but failing uh, hard enough to burn every once in a while mm -hmm. and I think that's also uh, kind of a, a an important part and and I think it's a it's a part of the strategy to rather test and rather do and rather allow uh, people to take charge and run things the way they want in my mm -hmm. companies uh, because uh, I'm great at starting things but other people are so much better at running things yeah. so uh, I want to start the next thing Mm -hmm. And therefore, I need to rely on people that really have the courage to, to and, and the mandate to run as they wish. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it uh, works, that's amazing. If not, I will come back and try to fix it. And, uh, and uh, then we'll try Cut another time. Cut some heads, yeah. kick some asses and just repair what was uh, failed. Yeah. But but uh, that is uh, a much more important strategy for me than uh, clinging on to uh, the, the the projects and the companies and try to do them fully myself all mm -hmm. the time. Uh, I'm on a very clear personal journey to step back mm -hmm. uh, and um, and step back, especially from leadership. Mm -hmm. I really like to start thing and create the enthusiasm around it and make things uh, work. But when mm -hmm. they're working, my role is to step back, allow other people to run it. And um, my ambition is to work in this uh, fantastic ecosystem of hundreds of entrepreneurs with uh, large corporations and their challenges with students from Hyper Island and and uh, their learning journeys and uh, the startups from Sub46 and the park mm -hmm. and work within that network with all of those opportunities and uh, potential partnerships and innovations and not coming to work every day trying to run that ecosystem. Yeah. 
that someone who has trained to do that and who likes to do that is much better equipped uh, to take on that role. Mm-hmm. I have a uh I, I have the like water full of questions coming to my head right now. Let me just re- reset the camera and I'll be right back sure. in the part two. Welcome to the second part. And uh, out of the all the questions that are rumbling around my head, um, I want to ask you the most important thing for me right now. So when you were starting, you were already like three times bigger than my company right now, which is just me. You were you and two other people, right? So how do I, based in Stockholm, in a similar industry like you were starting, how do I do a next step? How do I find these people to work with me to help me run the company? And how do I move forward? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that you are in a much better position uh, now than I was then. Uh, We at that time came from a very kind of strict uh, agency structure Mm -hmm. where everything was about uh, companies. And uh, in these last 10, 15 years, it's turned to the importance of the individuals. And... uh, the power of uh, the whole gig economy and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, freelancers whose best um, kind of uh, asset is the ability to connect with others and uh, shape uh, teams that solves uh, larger challenges and then uh, disconnect uh, and uh, form new teams for other challenges. So I think uh, right now we're in the middle of a huge, uh, huge uh, phase of uh, where uh, f- freelancers with uh, networking mm-hmm. uh, capabilities, uh, capabilities of uh, finding networks to solve consumer needs uh, or cus- uh, large corporations needs and with the power of networks to solve production. And I think you are mm-hmm. an intermediate right in the middle of that with uh, networks in in both ends with uh, therefore the muscles to solve uh, uh, big challenges so i think that's uh, all, all trends are in favor of that and that's also a decision i took in my own agency to mm-hmm. go from being a production agency with uh, uh, full staff of more than 30 people in mm-hmm. in the team uh, to just be a strategic agency uh, of networking. seven working with uh, big uh, challenges and then putting up putting together the right teams f- to solve the right solutions mm-hmm. that sounds great but as always it's easier said than done Um, I mean, if you were to give me some advice, where to go, where to start, where, who to talk to, except of talking to you, of course. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, your asset is that you uh, have uh, 
you know uh, digital and you know mm -hmm. uh, production and you know mm -hmm. uh, how to project manage and you also have a network with muscles on how to actually uh, deliver something and, and uh, launch uh, something uh, and uh, with that I, I I think there's there, there's uh, one kind of hard way which is to enter the end client and talk to the end client uh, because those structures are usually quite rigid and uh, it takes time before they need something uh, mm -hmm. uh, to be produced so you need to have really like a big network and a lot of those conversation going simultaneously so you mean to go to these companies that need some advertise like advertisement or yeah i mean i think i think uh, the big uh, i would say the big mistake a lot of uh, entrepreneurs do is that they believe so much in their product and mm -hmm. so much in what good it can do uh, in uh, different situations and then they identify the client with in their mind a clear need for that product and mm. uh, unfortunately that's a long sales journey you usually need to educate the client they need to finally get it and when they have gotten the insight of the need they need to identify a true need in its own organization and then go through budgeting processes and everything mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of very very long costly and frustrating journey for the entrepreneur to kind of run that journey so instead uh, i think it's important just to aim for the first hello and plant seeds mm -hmm. in uh, in many many minds that uh, you are there and when uh, the need occurs within the client uh, make sure that they at that time think about you and uh, so therefore the end clients are good because it's good to have a relationship with them and they are the ones who have the needs but it's also better to find the nodes uh, the in, in your case i would say the different agencies or mm -hmm. in in pr or production or advertising or whoever who has their own relationships with hundreds of clients uh, that constantly have different needs mm -hmm. and so it's more cost effective to be a great partner to them and subcontract uh, the delivery to their clients needs then every then you then you can have a relationship relationship with a thousand clients through 10 people that's true but you know it's not so it's not so easy when you live in the area era where every second person is a creator of some of some kind and you basically you just swim in a huge ocean of people who basically do the same thing as you and plus i come here to this country where i don't know the culture so good mm -hmm. i barely hardly know any of the language 
Yeah, I, w- I would say the language uh, in Sweden uh, can be an issue, but uh, in in most cases, it's probably not. Uh, at Hyper Island, for instance, we have English as corporate language mm-hmm. uh, for all students in all programs and have had so for probably more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. In uh, Brittany, we have uh, English as uh, corporate uh, language and uh, it was just until very recently, a few months back, we uh, translated our website into Swedish because it's mm-hmm. always been in uh, been in English. Uh, so I don't think that's uh, a huge uh, challenge, I would say. Uh, it's always a little bit challenging in social aspects and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, but I, in the startup scene, I would say that uh, English is more more than the norm yes but it creates the the kind of a barrier yeah of trust from the client from client to me yeah it's for me it's much easier to have somebody who speaks swedish to talk to the client because i know that that person will get much further than i would in most cases and that frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah, but I think you can also uh, turn that to your uh, advantage. Uh, I would say, uh, uh, especially with uh, with Hyper Island, I think when when Swedish clients come and meet Hyper Island student groups that speaks English, mm-hmm. it's an it's a it's an add on. It's mm-hmm. uh, something that they talk about when they get home to their families, and they were they were part of an international experience, and mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of um, um, exciting and and more global and everything. And I think since you also represent a global phenomena with uh, having yeah. uh, production capacity uh, organized from other parts of the world, it's much more believable that uh, you are here and uh, that you represent uh, represent uh, that phenomena rather yeah, than okay. a Swede. You as a Swedish person born here, you, you hear that there is a production company in Poland. Don't you have this a little bit of doubt about the quality or I don't know, like the, the trust issue that you would rather spend more for a Swedish company? I, I would say, uh, I would say yes, probably in uh, in different aspects. But I would say the uh, if you're if you're professional within these fields, mm-hmm. uh, I would say the the biggest worry that you should have is the distance. And the distance is equally tough if you're doing it from Sundsvall or Gothenburg or or Malmö, trying to kind of organize a contractor uh, mm-hmm. with a delivery when you can't physically meet and hang out. Uh, and, uh, and that makes a lot of uh, outsourcing projects uh, challenging because there's a bigger risk of misunderstandings and things like that. Yeah. But the distance isn't a problem for you since you're here. Yeah. So uh, uh, in in relation to 
to your role, much more safer to identify a, a project uh, from a distance uh, or an outsourcing project with you since you are in the city mm-hmm. and represent the dialogue with me as a client. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I think that's a low risk compared to having a total outsourced to a, yes, an agency in Sundsvall. Of course. Even though if they speak Swedish or not, that doesn't, that's not mm-hmm. a part of the challenge, I would say. There's yes. always some cultural challenges in understanding each other and, uh, and, uh, everything from negotiations and uh, stuff like that that can play a game but you start to know the swedish uh, culture bit by yes. bit so uh, from that perspective i think you're also a, a good partner in that but how would i find partners in sweden as a freelancer that work with me on some projects or like Mm, people that I can bring in to help me like uh, daily I mean I would say that uh, projects nowadays are usually very complex uh, when I yeah, like okay maybe maybe we have a misunderstanding of the level of the problem that mm-hmm. you're solving and mm-hmm. I am solving yeah. you're probably solving some problems for the Swedish bank or ICA or something like that and I'm solving a problem for bakery and coffee shop or something like that right yeah but but um, I would say that the structure of the projects are more and more uh, complex because even if I'm just running a small bakery or or, mm-hmm. or so I if I need a presence I need a presence for a reason i needed to attract some uh, leads and uh, to build some brand or to even sell some stuff mm-hmm. and uh, so i need i need uh, probably connectivity to transactions to klarna i need some experts in seo i need uh, 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 some some uh, some ux and design and i need uh, production and hosting and everything Yes, but we, when we are talking about the I don't know, small thing, like the small bakery won't pay me, I don't know, 50,000 crowns to build a custom design for WordPress. No. They will want me to get some ready WordPress theme, adjust it, install the Klarna plugin, and that's it. Yeah, but, but uh, probably either... I would say they would come to you because they say we don't have a website or we have an ugly website and we need a, a prettier one mm-hmm. with a Klarna connection. Or uh, they come to someone else and say that we want uh, we want to be better in uh, search uh, engines. Mm-hmm. And uh, therefore, after a while, okay, now we ha- we're better in search engines but our website does not perform. And mm-hmm. when you're there, you can't shop. So we need a Klarna thing. And all in, and just in that, there's three probably partners involved. One SEO yeah. person, 
perhaps a designer or something that they know mm-hmm. and uh, you guys that also do design but uh, production and perhaps some Klarna implementation uh, mm-hmm. person or something and uh, and I think you guys could have a lot to gain if uh, forming those uh, collaborations together even though it's on a small uh, small projects mm-hmm. it's still uh, still the client's business is moving heavily into digital yeah. even if you're a bakery or or a, a, a small Not store first. or freelancer or whatever and the money you before used to uh, make advertising in the local newspaper or uh, handed out flyers in, in the uh, mailboxes in apartments you now need to take that money into the digital channel and um, and that's that's a learning journey for uh, those kind of clients yeah but but uh, they they start to understand and you understand that they make a lot more money if they take the step fully into the digital space yeah they understand but their level of understanding is that you know i have a friend who did something on instagram and suddenly he has a client can you do that for me yeah they like that's it that's what they know but but probably they they uh, that means that you also need a social media person uh, yeah. in in the network and and uh, perhaps uh, uh, I mean one of one of the things that we do uh, successfully with the large uh, corporations is uh, to educate them mm-hmm. and uh, because I tried for years to be visionary about the the possibilities of uh, digital suggested all kinds of apps and solutions but uh, it's more important to get them to understand the new landscape if they understand the new landscape they will see the reason for the app Uh, without that it's uh, uh, you're not a good strategist if you try to drag them uh, into starting with something that only you see the reason for so perhaps mm. it could be an interesting way to invite uh, people, identify those four or five competences uh, that are the keys to a successful digital um, uh, business life mm-hmm. as a small uh, small player, and. Uh, and I invite those potential uh, customers and uh, and show them the new landscape. Okay, so what you said to identify these competences and probably find partners for it. Like basically, I am skilled to prepare the branding for the company mm-hmm. that comes to me and then to create the website for them with shop to design the social media Mm -hmm. let's say let's call it messaging and then to create the content video the photographs and so on 
but I'm the only like I'm I'm one player in my company right now and as I can bring some people online from Poland to design work for branding and website the rest rather has to be done here which is photography the content movie the Swedish mm -hmm. language copywriting and so on so I need to find partners here yeah and I would I would recommend to find partners not only good in production but good with their own network of potential clients mm -hmm. so um, so that you together with them can reach a much more larger number of uh, clients and they can get business from you and you can get business uh, from them yeah that's perfect win-win situation yeah and I'm just trying to drag out from you the answer on where to find these people I mean uh, I think uh, the easiest way uh, I would say is to start with actual uh, projects so even though perhaps that you feel that uh, in this project that I just after hard work finally got into the agency where mm -hmm. I can do 100% myself the branding the social media mm -hmm. the SEO part the implementation to Klarna mm -hmm. and also the production of uh, the site with my team in uh, Poland perhaps uh, a thought would be that uh, for this project it's more valuable if you bring in some other contractors mm -hmm. to do the other uh, parts that is not your uh, super core of mm -hmm. uh, the production and all of a sudden you have invited uh, five people uh, to do a piece in your project mm -hmm. and uh, with a bit of luck two of them <laughs> will come back and ask you to be the production partner or the branding partner of their next uh, project so perhaps if you if you give them a bait mm -hmm. and uh, you give some and uh, that will probably gain mm -hmm. some but do i look for them on upwork or in i don't know hyper island by emailing yeah. i mean uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a lot easier to get uh, social media traction Mm -hmm. and attention in different forums and things like that if you say that I'm looking for freelancers to a project uh -huh. then if you say that I'm a freelancer and I'm looking for projects that's so, so true so it's a lot easier and you're a much better guy <laughs> in uh, those forums if you provide people work than mm -hmm. if you ask for work so uh, so um, uh, you could you could uh, allocate some of the budget in your projects and uh, put it out on external partners and perhaps see that as your uh, media budget yeah okay that that was a great conversation <laughs> let's maybe change subject a little bit and uh, yeah use your use you as a guest here to give more value just in the third part in a second so 
Welcome to the next part and tell me what are you up with uh, right now nowadays? Well, now we are working in uh, three different uh, directions pretty much. Uh, mm-hmm. Number one is to scale up the, uh, the agency, Brittany. Uh, we've mm-hmm. been scaling it down and finding our core in strategy and now we uh, need to now we've found it and it's working really well and we need to do a lot more of uh, that mm-hmm. so i have a new ceo uh, in place um, working with that and uh, on the other hand we're expanding uh, the park uh, starting with uh, the um, uh, Södra location mm-hmm. at uh, Södermalm uh, with uh, actually doubling our capacity yeah, from 500 to 1000 members impressive. and it's a really cool place and yeah. uh, already some pretty cool uh, new members mm-hmm. uh, not official yet but uh, okay. but uh, I'll be happy to talk more about that uh, later so it's going to be a really really cool place and also with a big cafe in the uh, uh, street floor or uh, mm-hmm. uh, by the street uh, open for the public and uh, half of that will be business lounge for members with an internal staircase up to the first floor which is an activity based mobile and fixed uh, seat area with a staircase up to the second floor with uh, um, your own rooms mm-hmm. so it's like a journey from uh, the, mm-hmm. the the cafe uh, working entrepreneurs yeah. into member uh, areas, recruiting their first people up in the first floor and then getting their own uh, space uh, on top. So uh, that's really an interesting area. And then I'm also based on this ecosystem. Uh, continuing putting effort in working with my own uh, startup we've hmm. been doing a travel portal uh, that we uh, stepped out of uh, uh, about a year ago uh, which was a really fun and uh, cool case called cruncho.com uh, and now we're in uh, two projects one in gaming and one in uh, uh, food tech food tech Wow. So uh, that's very exciting. And uh, I'm hoping to allocate more and more resources into uh, our own ventures mm-hmm. uh, in, in different entrepreneurial journeys, both our own ideas and also together with other mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. How don't you get lost in between all of all this? Like, I mean, every every venture of that needs some, needs your attention in some level not only attention but specific tasks events and i can imagine it increases exponentially so how don't you get lost in between well i think trello helps yeah is, <laughs> but, is that uh, your main tool for organizing? Uh, actually we have a trello board for every uh, management mm-hmm. team so uh, and i also have a trello board for uh, uh, the group with mm-hmm. uh, priorities, so uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, focusing to be part of, but not necessarily that uh, 
that involved in the management of the different uh, companies, but every time when it's not working, I'm heavily involved. <laughs> so do I understand good that you start these ventures, you find people to run these ventures, and then you tell them, don't bother me. No, and then I'm, you go forward. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm uh, really uh, focused on uh, trying to get as much mandate as possible. And, What do you mean by uh, that? To, to for for the uh, uh, for the people running the mm -hmm. different companies uh, to really get to, to do um, to run the companies in their own way mm -hmm. and as long as it's profitable and growing uh -huh. I will stay away uh, that's great if that's it's not uh, then I will uh, join with uh, extra resources and uh, step in and that can be uncomfortable mm -hmm. uh, but uh, for them or for you uh, for them <laughs> because i'm very decisive uh, on how to fix uh, things mm -hmm. so i i have one mode when i'm uh, super open and everything is mm -hmm. uh, allowed uh, as long as it's growing and as long mm -hmm. as it's uh, profitable uh, but, but then you smash the door open when something's going wrong I mean, uh, failure is great along uh, the way, but if it's uh, if it's in long term, either uh, uh, challenge uh, the cash flow or the culture, then mm -hmm. it's not okay. Is so, the culture ca or cash flow more important for you? Uh, culture, actually. Mm -hmm. I can I, I can, can handle. Uh, tiny uh, cash flow, even negative, but if uh, culture is not working or if uh, quality is not uh, working towards the customers, then I will uh, fiercely step in. So what's your ideal culture? Uh, I think uh, it's, it's a combination of, um, of uh, uh, a very inclusive uh, uh, leadership where everyone can have their say and be part of uh, be part of uh, the long-term goal the uh, and, and uh, get everyone's energy into finding uh, solutions uh, which is very much uh, what we also teach at uh, hyper island and mm -hmm. uh, very much part of the startup scene but i also think in a combination that uh, the ceo or the leader of the company has the the final say and uh, needs to because uh, that is also the person who is responsible uh, for everything so uh, there need to be one person who can actually based on all the inclusive thoughts uh, and the insights from the whole team uh, someone needs to make the uh, make the decision and take the company uh, forward mm -hmm. so i think uh, Uh, a combo of uh, of those different kinds of leaderships. Mm -hmm. Sounds cool, really. <laughs> um, so, do, did I hear good that when you when you have some public speeches, you like to talk about some futuristic stuff? Yes, uh, well, I, uh, 
I think uh, I re- I really like uh, the future. I really like to hang out in the future so mentally. The future? Well, I I have had the luxury of uh, running a future workshop with the students of Hyper Island for almost like 20 years or 15 years at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting to see when uh, the buzzword starts to appear on the chart and then when they get uh, closer and more intense uh, as, as the reality is moving in towards the future and how they after a while just becomes a natural part of our everyday uh, life. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think uh, in one way we can have all kinds of uh, buzzwords like AI and uh, and um, um, uh, uh, the drones and the 3D printers and mm-hmm. um, filter bubbles and all kinds of stuff uh, of the future. But uh, it's not going to be really interesting until they are implemented as everyday ways of doing things in uh, our lives. That's when they start to have a huge effect on uh, society. Okay. Will AI kill us? AI probably will. <laughs> no, yeah. I think. Uh, How much I time th- do we have? I think we have uh, quite a lot of time, and I think uh, AI is one of those uh, things that uh, we th- we we have so many kind of thoughts about, as mm-hmm. it is so futuristic and and so. But uh, it just sneaks into our lives, and it's already there, of course, and uh, it supports us. Without AI, we would not find uh, the nice restaurants. We would uh, not find uh, um, our our flight tickets or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's so a nice kind of AI. I don't mind this one, but then I see this Boston Dynamics robots, and I hear some... I know stories on how powerful Google is and what they can actually do to us. Yeah. And I'm freaking out like that. <laughs> of course, now now you're pretty uh, pretty young, uh, but uh, I heard someone say that all the technologies that uh, exists when we're born, we take totally for granted. Yes, we don't there. call it technology anymore. No, it's just there. Technologies that uh, appears uh, around when we're 20 or something, we build our careers upon. Mm -hmm. Technologies that enters our life when we're 40 plus, they are the things that are going to be the end of the world. (laughs) So (laughs) it's always been like that. Uh, It it was like uh, the books we're going to kill uh, the youth uh, generation. They were going to get stuck in their books. And after a while, it was the radio, and then came the horrible TV. And all of a sudden, we just accepted all of those things as a part of our culture. We're now scared of the next thing. Yes, but it used to be, you know, 200 years in different, like in between of these events. Yeah. And now, like it's three three years and the world looks completely different yeah i think and it just speeds up yeah i I don't think i'm that scared of any technologies i'm rather scared of the speed itself Mm -hmm. or people using this technology 
Yeah, or people using uh, technology. And I mean, uh, we will have, we will probably have some big crashes, or we've had a bunch of big crashes. Mm-hmm. We've had we had some huge crashes. I mean, uh, financial crashes, uh, security breaches. We've had uh, in- huge integrity breach with uh, Cambridge Analytica, and we've had oh, the yeah. whole election tampered with in the U.S. Uh, so and the whole bunch of stuff that we don't even know about. Yeah. So I mean, e- but still we don't do anything about it. Still we don't really care. We just because the services are still providing us with good stuff. So even when democracy itself is being tilted and threatened, we we're okay with that because we like our apps. Yeah. So uh, so where the, the the question is then how big of a crash do we need in order to change our behavior? But is it even stoppable? Probably not. I mean exactly. uh, I think uh, we we need to we need to to deal uh, with uh, the development and, and manage it and then we could uh, perhaps things think of different ways on how to create a, a good society based on all of these uh, tools mm-hmm. i mean the industrial revolution wasn't such a good idea after all uh, looking back with uh, wasn't such a good no i mean it's it's killing the the planet with, with the, the climate <laughs> so i mean it was a really bad idea but still kind of unstoppable and uh, we like our stuff uh, so perhaps we now just need to find a way to to handle it with a little bit more responsibility with new insights to shape the world that uh, we want to have and need to have and uh, that might be the same thing with our all of our digital tools Uh, if you just look at uh, a projection of how society is going to be with everyone is doing even more social media, less human interaction mm-hmm. and more AI and all of that, it's of course a scary place. But in the end, it must be us choosing what kind of place we want and uh, let technology support But us in that. What if... What if the technology will choose it for us? And it 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 is already doing that. It, that's true. Like just just the fact that I decide to go to this restaurant, not the other one. Yeah. It's not my decision, more no. or less. It was a long time ago we took those kinds of decisions. It's an algorithm. Yeah. Doing that for us based on all kinds of things and not always in our own interest. Yeah, and that's... I mean the next step is probably our bigger integration with the technology. Yeah. Like they say that 2028 will be this huge moment where the, of this integration, like the, how is it called even? Singularity, Yeah, I believe. And what's next? Like, what if, okay, maybe I'm going too far. <laughs> but, no, go ahead. <laughs> but I mean, if we have like 10 or 15 years of quote normal life left then what's the point of 
bothering and building companies and struggling like let's let's screw it and go to like go to some islands and have some fun you know well could be a good idea but it's bad if you if you make a bad bad uh, calculation <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that's true that's true but what's your what's your uh, take on that i mean i think uh, once again that we uh, we uh, we look at this kind of scary digital life in some ways but i believe that the analog world will still be an important part of the future life as well and uh, my bet is rather that technology will increase a lot in our lives but we will see less and less of it right now mm. we look a lot at screens we double click on a lot of buttons and we have like we interact so much with technology because technology is uh, filled with friction right now we need screens we need buttons it, it's a hassle to order a flight ticket or whatever yeah when technology fixes itself and it's voice based and it's ai based i don't need technology in my life technology will kind of because you don't call it technology anymore. no it it will it will support me having a majority of my life in the analog world and 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 i think i kind of like that part of the world where uh, serendipity is rather supported by algorithms and i tend to have more luck in my life i go to fantastic restaurants i meet great people mm -hmm. but i don't uh, swipe on apps all day <laughs> in order to have those interactions it just happens yeah of course and like um aren't you scared that in the future like right now to have a great experience in the restaurant you can uh, you have to actually move your ass and go there yes but it's we are not so far away from having the same experience mentally through some google artificial intelligence like uh, and artificial reality kind of stuff and you can just still sit at home and basically the 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 computer has fun <laughs> let's say and you're just experiencing the artificial stuff yeah and i mean that was what we saw like in the in the 90s with all the computers in the basements and we thought that uh, the digital life uh, was a life we spend uh, alone in uh, in uh, our apartments but of course mm -hmm. the uh, digital world became mobile and yeah. then we choose to step out of those basements and into the world and uh, probably we will not long to get back into that if technology can support us of course there will be a glitch in history perhaps when vr experiences are so much more amazing yeah uh, but it will take a few years and they will be in a lens and uh, and it probably it will be even more amazing if it's blended with the reality so I think, I think the uh, 
the uh, the world at least as it is now with fresh air and uh, blue skies and uh, nature and nice city life will so far outbeat most digital experiences and um, uh, and uh, only if we manage to crash the real world <laughs> VR will be a great haven to sneak back into an air-conditioned cell somewhere and consume uh, I don't, like you are life. You are very positive about that, and I'm <laughs> I'm happy for you. <laughs> well, I think uh, I mean uh, brain. The brain will be uh, the boss. So if I think I'm uh, brought up in a world where I will kind of always appreciate the analog space more, um, and and but if another generation will will enjoy another space more the brain is the boss and uh, the the our job probably as humans are to please our brains and get impressions and have fun <laughs> and uh, if digital tools are better to do that than than the real world maybe they will win but i don't think i'm a part of that generation and I don't yeah. think the digital tools are that good yet. They might be. They might, and they. I think they will be pretty soon. Yeah, and and uh, still, it will be our own uh, choice. And, and I don't, uh, I, I'm not so sure because it can 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 be a dom domino effect. So if somebody decides to like get some part of the brain implanted and have some super intelligence implanted in the into the brain even though i don't want it i will have to still do that to to maintain in the world yeah and i mean uh, and, and that's uh, super true and uh, once again we're already there i mean we can talk a lot about uh, that people and humans are are great and and amazing creatures and uh, but if we're gonna recruit a new manager or something and uh, they are kind of the best human you've ever met and in the end of the interview they say but I don't uh, I've chosen not having a phone I, mm -hmm. I don't do digital I'm a, I'm a total analog person that's a crappy uh, individual <laughs> With with uh, with with really low capacity to uh, uh, to do anything at work, mm -hmm. so we're all even though we don't operate it in our brains, but still the fact that our did the digital layer around us with the phone in our hand and the and the computer in symbiosis with uh, our real us as humans, uh, that's the new kind of superpower that we have as humans so without those tools we will probably not last a week at work yeah that's true like in a in a way with all the iphones we have in our pockets there is some kind of a singularity yeah already yeah definitely we don't exist without google no not not even like, as private persons i uh, wouldn't be able to go through the stockholm without google maps 
seriously yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> so i i yeah that's that's kind of true i am already there <laughs> yes you are you are already there in in a lot of sense and uh, i think it's just uh, as i said before it sounds like scary and mm-hmm. it's a it's a horrible future and then all of a sudden you realize oh that was yesterday yeah. and i've accepted it and i think it's pretty normal and i think it's pretty nice and we've culturally kind of established a new level that we think is uh, fine still we're scoop, super scared once again of the next level yeah, until we taken that into cultural acceptance just 10 minutes ago you said that you think that ai will kill us one day well if uh, if the ai like in the movies uh, are are uh, kind of aiming for the, uh, the 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 best result uh, we need to understand that the humans are not part of creating yeah, that like best result i once i read about the theory that okay we um there is an evolution and we came out of apes and so on and we might just be a step to give birth of another super intelligence create cre- creature yeah and we will just extinct and they will move forward is that yeah. scary or is that positive i mean is that scary that humans won't exist or is that positive because we will give birth to something bigger i mean uh, we we will always give birth to the next generation and the next generation will always be a little bit different and uh, with this new technology layer it might take a leap again and uh, who yeah. knows <laughs> Yeah, it used and, to be and, a million and, years and now it can be just one generation. Yeah, the scary thing is it if it's within a generation. <laughs> yes. Because okay, I don't mind what happens in 100 years or 200 years, but 200 years is fine. 100 starts to be scary. What if it's 20 years, you yeah. know? <laughs> or six quarters. <laughs> Anyway, we stepped into a (laughs) far, far future. Yeah, let's not go there. Let's come back here for a second. Mm. Where do you get your inspiration from? Uh, I think I have the luxury of um, working a lot with uh, uh, teaching and speaking and doing workshops and uh, hanging out with a lot of brains in learning journeys and uh, I've also designed the way I do it so that I don't provide any truths I rather mm-hmm. facilitate uh, processes so when I do these uh, sessions I learn as much uh, myself so uh, it's a fantastic luxury of uh, being kind of confronted with uh, tons of different challenges from all kinds of aspects every day with clients and students and colleagues and um, thinking a lot of new thoughts every day Mm -hmm. in those kind of uh, crossroads 
between industries and departments and roles and technologies and um, and and uh, sometimes it's almost like a curse because you see so many new opportunities and so many new ideas and concepts and uh, you just f- need to find the time to get them out there in uh, in practice and prototype and so so I think uh, I've turned my 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 day job into a huge uh, conference so I get a lot of inspiration from mm-hmm. just being out there and doing what I do okay speaking about the like a day job for a person that have done and still is doing so much what does it take how much do you have to or do you get to work well i think it uh, differs a lot um every time when i'm kind of transforming a company then i'm uh, working a lot more Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm working with uh, leadership, I'm uh, in the organizations. I'm working a lot more, uh, but uh, I'm I'm uh, fairly balanced uh, in terms. I, I think I work a little bit more than the average person, mm-hmm. but um, I I have a high variety of uh, work and. Uh, half of it i would not even define as as work it could be a hobby or an interest mm-hmm. or or just uh, uh, amazing explorations in in minds and travel uh, around the world and meeting meeting different people yeah of course it looks more sometimes like a very very interesting vacation <laughs> You like what you do, right? And then you get to this point where it blends. Yeah, it, it blends a lot. Even though I'm very clear that I'm uh, I'm uh, moving away from the musts mm-hmm. uh, because doing working a lot and working with musts is really hard. But uh, working where you have the energy at the moment. Uh, it's no problem to work mm-hmm. work more so uh, the musts are best handled in the organization's own structures and then I can try to be an add-on mm-hmm. running around in between yeah working on business not in the business yeah mm-hmm. do you even cook for yourself <laughs> always almost really yeah So you get you get to find the time to actually prepare food for yourself instead of just eating in uh, eating yeah, yeah definitely that's surprising uh, it, for me because I expected for the person that does so much that it's just a basically waste of time well I think uh, depends on how you how you define uh, time and how you define waste I mean I one hour of your time is pretty valuable thing like I would if I were to hire you I wouldn't afford like 15 <laughs> minutes of your time I'm so grateful you came here 
and then you spend like an hour a day like you know cooking your chicken and salad or something instead of going to a restaurant why do you do that well i think uh, first of all uh, i mean uh, value is not uh, it's not about doing business uh, all time of the day and optimizing some uh, return mm-hmm. of investment uh, it's of course about uh, uh, having uh, a good time in uh, in life and uh, Uh, I think you need to do what's uh, fun and uh, and uh, what what uh, what just uh, enhance your your life in relation to friends and everything. So it can even if you're an entrepreneur, you can mm-hmm. produce and uh, produce and sleep in an effective way. You need to you need to design and and. And that was one of the things that I took a decision on many years ago to kind of do a life design. Uh-huh. So uh, making tell sure more about that. Well, making sure that the infrastructure you have at work would uh, not steal your uh, life, but rather be uh, be support uh, the life that you mm-hmm. want to have. And I'm taking every chance with. Uh, If I get to do a workshop in Brazil, I take a few extra days before and after, and I take the chance to meet some friends over there. And Please uh, take me there with your, as your assistant. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But uh, ma- ma- just making sure that uh, this designing, uh, and I think the park is definitely a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could have chosen to, sh- to take a smaller office that day in 2002, a one that I could afford only with me and the agency mm-hmm. but uh, that was not the kind of life I wanted it was so much more fun to take a little bit of risk and get a bigger office with more colleagues and more meetings and more customers flowing through and building a, a network and that was more of a an enjoyable uh, life at work and uh, With of course and expanding the park, uh, it's an infrastructure that's that supports life. And all of a sudden now we have our own little cafe here. So at least for lunch, I don't mm-hmm. need to cook. We can uh, uh, there's there's uh, food uh, food in the office, making life a little bit <laughs> easier. So I think uh, just having, especially for an entrepreneur, you have the opportunity. Uh, to decide a little bit more how and when to work and uh, it's much better I would say if you take your whole life into that account and design something uh, a life a blended life that uh, uh, supports your overall vision Mm -hmm. so what's your pain right now My pain right now is uh, speed. I see the speed of all the opportunities ahead of us and uh, the challenge of getting the same speed to match our internal processes. Mm -hmm. So even though we're kind of agile and work fairly fast, 
uh, of course the surroundings are moving so much uh, faster so how do you deal with that I think that's mm -hmm. my challenge right now it would be great to just pause time and get like five years <laughs> to prepare everything and uh, and kind of uh, build the stuff that you want and then with that new infrastructure start the clock again and and go but so we're 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 building the airplanes as we're flying right now yeah but with with this what you said is uh somebody could do that the same and he could take 10 years for preparation outside the time yeah i think that it's like this how is it called like this broken circle that okay we are on the same timeline and it's just what we do with that right yeah but uh, but i mean um, just with the park the park has been uh, a nice little kind of co-working industry for for 10 years mm -hmm. and uh, two years ago it kind of just exploded Mm -hmm. and uh, the industry is moving really fast and the other players are moving really fast and it's super exciting and uh, we need to mobilize our energy in order to mm -hmm. keep uh, the same pace and uh, we were uh, a very early adopter and perhaps even a disruptor in that industry a few years back so uh, we need to get our speed up in order to keep that uh, position or or uh, take our community uh, into the same kind of uh, uh, developments with mm -hmm. the community with uh, the cafe with uh, uh, all kinds of new digital tools and uh, matchmaking processes and and events and everything that mm -hmm. we want to uh, take to the next level uh, so much opportunity and so little time yeah that's the biggest pain yes <laughs> <laughs> of course i appreciate so much your time well thank you and this this conversation it was amazing so uh, likewise very nice uh, conversations from uh, from pains to <laughs> magical futures if you were to leave us with two things one would be advice let's say for a 27 year old you mm -hmm. and the second thing i would like you to say is what you want to be remembered by from this interview some one one line from you i think if i had a good talk with my 27 year old me i would uh, order me to form a, uh, a board of directors uh, for the mean? company uh, uh board of directors mm -hmm. so uh, not just the management team but uh, to put together a, a board mm -hmm. for the company uh, i've seen the power of uh, that and it's so easy for an entrepreneur just to fix the stuff him or herself and uh, not have the advisory group there 
to support you to uh, see beyond the horizon and mm-hmm. and calmly take the right uh, decisions and uh, be there as a, a long-term structure uh, for the development. Would you do that more formally? Yes, or? definitely. So uh, but with with that in place, it's uh, so much uh, easier to get uh, the right direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I'd done it uh, 10 years before I started to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, the network thought is um, the big uh, takeout, I think, at least for me in this conversation, the value of the networks and the value to find uh, your own role in relation to that network, mm-hmm. how to feed it with good stuff and how to... Um, be supported by uh, by that network we're we're moving into a a world where where uh, we're building stuff together and um, we just need to find our own assets into that uh, world and uh, train our capabilities of uh, team working so to with low friction start new teams and and solve problems and and dissolve them and start new new teams again. And I think that's uh, something you need to practice and be good at. That's great. Thank you so much. How how could anybody contact you? Uh, I'm on our uh, website, brittany.se or mm. at uh, thepark.se. Uh, Perfect. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. I hope that you took a great lesson from it. And if you liked it, don't forget to subscribe, comment or leave a review. I can't wait to read that. See you next week. You're awesome. And remember, whether you're starting a new company or you need some design or marketing services, Media Brew is always there for you. Go to mediabrew.se and check how awesome this company is.